from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. For Tom McWilliams, developing a successful training program that gives attendees a wow experience is like putting together a 1,000-piece puzzle. Forget one piece and the puzzle is incomplete and leaves you wanting more. McWilliams has learned a thing or two about what makes a fantastic training experience, the critical pieces of the puzzle, and how to fit it all together during a career that has spanned more than 30 years. Credit Union Magazine honored McWilliams as the 2018 Credit Union Hero of the Year during a presentation at CUNA's America's Credit Union Conference in Boston. The award, which is sponsored by Trellens, recognizes those who serve as examples for the entire movement through their service, advocacy, and commitment to credit union ideals. I'm Jennifer Wolt, a senior editor for CUNA News and Credit Union Magazine. I recently spoke with McWilliams, the senior vice president at the Mississippi Credit Union Association. McWilliams talked about the characteristics of a successful training program, challenges in the training sphere, advice for young professionals, and more during a conversation with the CUNA News Podcast. So, Tom, what was your reaction when you heard, A, that you were nominated for the CU Hero of the Year Award, and then, B, that you were selected as the the Hero of the Year? Well, I was really shocked, to be honest with you. Uh, I was, uh, I had uh, found out about it, and uh, and it, it was um, kind of overwhelming. I, I was very humbled by it and uh, very appreciative of my peers thought that much of, about me to nominate me for this award. And I uh, um, almost was a little embarrassed by it as well. But it, it's it's good. All is good. What does receiving the award mean for you? Well, uh I view this award really as a as a as a, an award for the state of Mississippi and our organization. I'm just a part of it. We've I've been here 32 years, and we've worked hard. We're a small league, and I think we put our best foot forward. And I think our credit unions in Mississippi recognize what we do as an organization, and our our job really is to we do what's best for the member and what's best for the credit union. And I'm just honored that I'm the person that's the face of, of the award. But our whole office and our whole organization really deserves this award. Your role at the Mississippi Credit Union Association involves training. What aspect or, or what is it about training that you enjoy? Well, every day is different. And you got to keep up with what's going on because uh, everything, everybody wants something different as far as what their needs are. As an association, we serve a wide range of credit unions, from very small credit unions to very large credit unions. And we kind of, our niche is sort of the middle of the road because so many of the larger credit unions actually have in-house trainers, but yet we still feel an obligation to serve them and meet their needs, and we try very hard to be inclusive and, and reach everybody's needs and what we offer to our credit unions. We're finding nationally, just like everybody else, we're finding that more and more people do not and cannot travel for training, for in-person training. So we're, we have moved to webinars and we're doing uh, more webinars and we can see that our numbers are increasing every week, every month. There's more and more people are going to that. But people still tell me that they prefer live training and they get much more out of live training than they do webinars. And I'm guilty of that too because when I listen to a webinar, I do 20 different things while I'm sitting there watching it and listen to it. So 
I'm not, I don't think you're 100% focused when you have webinar training. We back up a little bit. You said, you know, you kind of have to keep your, your ear to the ground to, to realize what the needs are training-wise for the various credit unions throughout the state of Mississippi. What are some of those kind of needs that you've been running across? Where, where are the areas that you're finding credit unions need, need the help in training? Well, it seems like every time somebody has a, a exam from their federal examiner or their bank examiner, uh, they call us and say, I got written up for this. We need to have Reg B training or we need to have, you know, financial literacy training or we need to do this. So uh, it's, we find out from the examiners what their hot buttons are going to be. And we try to uh, stay in contact with them and try to be one step ahead, get everybody prepared. Of course, every year you've got to have certain trainings you've got to have every year, Bank Secrecy Act and things of that nature, which you have every year. And you try to figure out how can you make this more exciting and more doable and what can you do to make it interesting because it's the same information, but yet you've got to document that you've had this training. You have new training every year, and then you have the old training, which is there really to meet a requirement by the examiners. And when you talk about, you know, the same information that you're conveying every year, how do you how do you spice that up and make it, like you said, more interesting so they continue to pay attention even though they've heard it maybe multiple years in a row? That That's an interesting question, and it gets uh, difficult and difficult each year. But uh, we have a, a team in our office that does that, and we provide the training, uh, both live training for bank secrecy, and also we also do a webinar every year. Cheryl Loggs in our office actually does the does the training, and I coordinate it. That's one thing, I guess, my job is really a coordinator. I've, I'm the one who sets the room up and orders the handout materials and arranges for the speakers and the presenters and gets the information uh, together, and then we work together in our office getting the whole day put together. From your perspective as a, as a trainer and as that coordinator, what, what makes a program successful? What do you have to do? I mean, are there kind of things that you think of, okay, maybe maybe they like a free pen or something like that. But what what kind of makes a, a training program successful for you guys? And then also for those folks who are coming to participate in the training. Well, anybody who comes to our training, it's hard to do, but I want everybody to have a wow experience when they come. To, and we're very fortunate, very fortunate. I have to give a shout out to our board of directors and our management team. We built our building many, many years ago, we actually have a training room in our building. And, our, and so we're very fortunate. Not many leagues and organizations can ha- have that at their disposal. So I don't have to deal with the hotels trying to rent meeting space and working with all their demands because every year they get their demands increase and get bigger and more expensive to have offsite training. So we're lucky that we have our own training facility here in our building and it's, it's got everything you need as far as AV equipment and technology and things like that. So we're set to go. Like I said, when they walk into the room or they walk into the building, we want to impress them and we want them to be wild and let them know that we're expecting them and that they're going to have a great day ahead. What are some ways to do that? Well, it's it's hard. It's hard to do. You just you just kind of put your whole self into it, and you're there. You greet them. You call them by name. You got the room set. You got the little candy on the table. You got the handout materials there. Uh, you've got great speakers, you've got great presenters, the room set, make it fun, have music in the room, make it upbeat, and um, 
in Mississippi and in the South, we all love to eat. So we we uh, we don't spare any expense on the food. We we feed feed our folks well. They get a good good meal and good snacks when they come to our building, and we want to make sure that they're uh, don't drop off and go to sleep or they're they're stomach hungry or anything of that nature. We are finding more and more people are bringing down their laptops, and we're having to. Uh, you know, make the arrangements where they can all have the electric plug-ins and stuff while they do the training with their, sit there during the presentation working off their laptops. So snacks and power, those are the two big keys, huh? Yeah, and you gotta have the room, you gotta have the room the right temperature. Every evaluation that you have after a meeting is the, the, the room was too cold, the room was too hot. You never satisfy that. That, that thing will never be, uh, accomplished, I don't think, in my lifetime. Because everybody's body temperature is different, but I think that's the number one complaint that we get, and I hate to say it, but that's uh, that's that's what it is. And I can honestly say, in my 32 years, we have never had a bad seminar. We have never had a speaker to bomb. We work very hard as a team that we select our speakers and presenters who we bring in, and we want them to be well versed in the credit union movement and to know what's going on. And we pick good quality presenters to come to Mississippi. I'm proud of what we brought to Mississippi. I admit it. I, I kind of chuckled when you talked about, you know, candies or, or snacks and power and, and room temperature being some of the important things. But it sounds like you want your people to be comfortable so that they can focus on learning what's being presented to them. Uh, I have to share you this little anecdote with you. When I first became an education director, I went to a meeting with all the education directors and there was a new session, kind of a breakout session for all the first-timers at, at our meeting. And Betsy Craig, who is from Virginia, who is well-respected in the industry, she's no longer uh, working for the Virginia Credit Union League, but she led the session. Somebody asked her the question, what do you do uh, when you have training? What makes your training special? And she, and I will never forget what she said. She says, I want the people who come to my training, I want them to feel like they are coming into my home. I want them to be guests in my home. I want them to be relaxed. I want them to be comfortable. And that's the way I, I approach my training. And I learned that from her. And I think that's the philosophy that our organization goes goes with, that we want everybody to feel at home when they come in. And this is their building. This is their training room. And we want to make the best of it. That's some great advice from not only Betsy, but you. And, and it makes sense. Like, you want them to feel comfortable so that they can focus on what they're learning and, and walk away from your training going, I learned something today. Yep, yep. And we ask them that on the evaluations. That's one thing that we do is on the evaluation is what what did you learn today? Tell us what you learned. How can we make this, this workshop better? What can we do to, to improve prove it? And we get suggestions and we read our evaluations and we take them to heart and try to improve on each thing that we do. Way back when, when, when you were starting your career, what made you decide to focus on the training aspect? Well, when I first started, I actually did lots of things. I was uh, vice president of education, marketing. Over the years, I had league relations, so I've kind of had different jobs in the organization, but I've always held on to education because it's always fun and, you know, it's different and you get to see different people every month, every week. And you deal with a variety of people. You deal with really everybody in the credit union uh, as far as their volunteers, as well as the managers, and as well as the staff. So you, you're not pinned down to one section. So that was one thing that I liked. And then also just 
having the the opportunity to uh, go out there and arrange the the uh, program, get it organized, get everything pulled together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, pulling it all together, make sure that each piece fits, and um, sit back and let the magic happen. What are some of the challenges that you face in in your role? Well, right now our biggest challenge is, is, is when we do live training is that we get enough live people to come to live training to support the the event. I told somebody, you know, 10 years ago, we could have any training whatsoever, and we'd have 30 people. No matter what the topic is, we'd have 30 people show up. Uh, Our numbers of credit users are dwindling. Credit users are getting larger. They're getting in-house trainers. So they're not really relying on the league to provide the training, but we are here to fill that role for a lot of credit users. But my biggest thing is trying to get people to come to live training when we offer it. There's so many things that you've got you're going against with with parents' schedules and we can we no longer we used to do training at night, we used to do training on the weekends and our training basically is held Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And so you've got I've got a narrow window when we can offer training. And when we know you have to go back and look at all the holidays and but you can't have training on and all this stuff in Mississippi for some strange reason. Our spring break is divided into three areas and different things. So we have three different spring breaks in Mississippi. And I, I messed up one year and scheduled training one time over spring break. And I never will forget that. And then another bad thing I did one time is we actually had a mini Mother's Day weekend. Uh, so I, <laughs> I've, I've, I've laid some eggs before. So, uh, uh, But I learned the lesson and make sure that I look at the calendar and make sure I don't plan any meetings uh during Mother's Day weekend, that was that was a big blunder. But you learned from it, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know what we did to make up for it? What'd you do? Uh, we gave everybody phone cards, and so they could call their mother. Oh. Uh, we set up a phone, uh, and they could sit there and make a call to their mother to wish them a uh, happy Mother's Day. Well, that was nice of you guys. Yep. Also, a way to kind of wow them and give them a wow experience, as you were talking about earlier, make it memorable. So when we talk about me- making a, something memorable, what have been some kind of memorable training sessions that you've put together that, that you thought, man, that was really good and hope we can repeat that or, or do that again? Oh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> that's when you say they've all been memorable and all been super successful and we just want to repeat them all, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We haven't laid many eggs. I mean, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be conceited or anything. So our meetings have gone very well. Our training events, our annual meeting, and proud of our efforts. I guess the biggest thing, though, I guess uh, in the southeast, uh, the 10 states in the southeast belong to the Southeast Regional Credit Union. And uh, each year, each league hosts the, the director's conference, and that rotates among the 10 states. And that's a three-day, three-and-a-half-day um, meeting conference that we put on. And I guess that's the biggest fun thing that that we do, even though you only host it every 10 years, but you get all the people from the Southeast and you've got a multiple days and so you get to plan everything from start to finish. You have spouses, guest tours, and you have try to have great meals and, and great events and you have breakfast every day so you want breakfast to be different and just create some excitement every day when they come into the meeting room. Stepping away a little bit from that training idea, but I guess kind of still in that thought, do you have any kind of advice you would want to give young professionals in the credit union movement who 
who realize, you know, this is, is something I want to stay with and I want to advance my career, what what kind of advice would you give them in terms of what they need to do or how they should approach their future? Well, if you're going to stay in this movement and make this a career, you, you and, and really in anything you do, you've got to be a lifelong learner. Learn, learning does not stop. Every day is a new day. Every day you've got to be open. You've got to make yourself available to all the resources. And there are tons of information uh, out there where you can turn to get information. The two most important things that I have done in my career was when I first came to the league, I was sent to Madison, Wisconsin, and I went through the DE program. And that's a week-long training that's held in Madison, and they have different locations around the United States now. But you meet people from all over the United States, and even we had people from international people join us to everything, and you learn about the credit union movement and the, the impact and what it does worldwide. And then the other event that I encourage people to do is there are four CUNA management schools around the country, and they're basically kind of geographically located. But the one in the southeast is held at the University of Georgia in Athens, and I went to that and graduated in 1986. And you learn everything there is to know about management and credit unions, but you also make lifelong friends and have a great network that if you have a problem, you can either pick up the phone or send somebody an email. And those are the two most important things that I've done in my career. And then the other thing I would say is everybody who's in the credit union movement that works or is a volunteer, you need to go to Washington, D.C. at least once in your life, and you need to go to the GAC. You can go there, and then after their first year, you can say, man, this is the best thing I've ever done. I'm going to come back next year. Or you're going to say, I've done this, I've got the T-shirt, and somebody else can take my place next year. But every credit union person who is really serious about being in, in this movement, they need to go to Washington and see firsthand how our government works and how we interact with our congressmen. Great speakers, great event. CUNA does an outstanding job. And um, I've been several years in uh, I highly recommend it, and I really encourage people to attend that. You've been around in the credit union movement for a long time yourself, Tom. But if I remember, if I recall from the profile that we wrote on you for the CU Hero issue, it mentioned that you came from banking, correct? Yes, yes. Who would have thought that an ex-banker would be named Credit Union Hero of the Year? <laughs> I had the opportunity to work in the retail, and then I got into banking, and then I moved from banking into to credit union. So I do have a banking background. So what made you make the switch? Uh, we were at the time that I was in banking. We really were not in the position. We didn't. We weren't serving the middle class consumer. Okay. Uh, at least our bank wasn't. It was very hard to get a loan uh, at our uh, financial institution. And the joke was, you, in order to get a loan, you had to give donate a pint of blood. Uh, that's facetious, of course. But we had very strict lending requirements, and um, we just didn't make a lot of loans for the bank that I worked at. What was it about the credit union movement that, that appealed to you, and, and what keeps you here? Every day is different, and you're helping, and you can really make a And I really believe that you, you make a difference, and you can change people's lives. Just give them the opportunity. Some people just need a break. Some people just need somebody to sit down them and, and kind of be a big brother or a big sister or kind of guide them down that path and make sure things get 
off to the right start or get them corrected and back on the right foot. And I've seen many, many people in Credit Union land make that step and help reach out and help their members. Credit unions are there to help them. And and you're still kind of in that role of helping not necessarily the members, but you're helping credit union employees so that they can help members. Yeah. And I do that really. I mean, I, I've, you know, I do that in, in, in Mississippi, but also uh, I have served uh, at our management school in Athens and I've seen a lot of people come and go through that. And it's just great to see somebody come in and then in three years or four years, you know, they're promoted to a CFO or moved up the rank. Lots of them have been moved on in advance and now they're CEOs. So it's great to see people who stick with it and move up the ranks and feel like you've had some part in their success. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.